Hey, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Terry Summers Podcast. Are you ready or are you going to get pinched? Well, happy Tuesday to ya. Um, we know what tomorrow is, right? It's the day where you start sweating, praying and hoping as an elementary school child that you have something in your wardrobe that has some green in it. Or if you're like me, you might not even be thinking about it at the moment. And once the day rolls around, you're heading out the door and either your mother or your father or someone or your little brother reminds you that, um, are you wearing green? There were so many St. Patrick's Days where I left the house thinking, I hope I can pull this off. To me, this looks green. <laughs> I love St. Patrick's Day. I have a little bit of Irish in me, but I just love to celebrate. I love the whole idea. It seems like a happy holiday. I know a little bit about it. I, uh, you know, looked it up, researched it. Um, in wondering why on earth we do some of the things we do, like where'd the whole pinching thing come from? It did cause me great anxiety. I hope someone's listening out there that can concur with me or agree with me, um, having walked a similar path that I, I did wonder, so uh, how is it that we are able to pinch each other and somehow it's celebratory? Um, I I thought as a child, this, um, this doesn't quite make sense. But you know, um, as I learned, it has its folklore and what have you, but the whole pinching thing, I would really panic and hope that uh, it didn't get brought up. Of course, it did. Um, Probably even some kind of lesson in and around or thematic uh, notation on the day of St. Patrick's Day. But I just and I got did get pinched. I got pinched for not being able to show the green. And uh, then there were those friends who were so ahead of the game that their little socks and their sweaters coordinated and had a pink and green mixture, or um, you know, the boys were in a full-on green t-shirt. I mean, the obvious ones. There were times though in my growing up, I know even remember in junior and high, junior high and high school, I would search for the green leaf in a pattern of something and say, hey, it, this is green, so leave me alone. But sometimes I think, you know, you could either get the kind, that, like the friendly little pinch, or um, then there was the the ones that have just been waiting all year to take their anger out on you or to express themselves in a way um, of condoned brutality and <laughs> grab that little piece of skin on the back of your arm and pinch it. St. Patrick's Day. I, I read that the whole that actually the color for a long time to celebrate St. Patrick's Day was blue. And uh, I might have some of the details wrong, but it evolved over time because of the green pastures and the um, 
the landscape in Ireland, green was obviously a color and it slowly but surely over time became the day that you needed to wear green. But the folklore says that um, the pinching came from the leprechauns. The leprechauns, you were invisible to the leprechauns if you were wearing green. So it kind of like wiped you out. They couldn't see you. But since the leprechauns apparently have a propensity and a uh, drive to pinch, if you were not wearing green, then you were a target. So um, we'll go with that, I guess, on the whole pinching thing. I have never been a beer drinker, but boy, I do think it would be fun to like slurp down a beer that was frothy and it was green. I think it looks so cool. Um, the, uh, of course, the green beer. I know that there's the four leaf clover and I think we even sometimes gave out cards at school. I know we did for Valentine's Day, but I, I vaguely remember drawing cards or something so St. Patrick's Day it gets the nod I um I I recognize it every year uh with food Uh, seriously did you hear what I just said do you believe me can you wait a second can you believe that I choose to recognize anything with food huh Go figure. No, I do. I, 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 the whole corned beef and cabbage. I'm not sure that we did a lot of it growing up. I vaguely remember that we did have some of that, but I am pretty faithful. I'll use a good excuse anyway, because I'm, I, I know this isn't terribly healthy. I'm into cured meats. I don't know when that happened to me, but I like salty meats. And, um, it could point to possibly a cholesterol issue in my future, but I, um, I, I dig it. I dig like a pastrami or a corn or, a, 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 what's the, um, the Reuben, the Reuben. Oy, I like myself a Reuben, but anyway, so. I pretty much yearly, I can't remember a year really in my adult life when I was sort of, you know, in charge of things and had a home and planning meals and stuff that I didn't recognize it. This year, um, I recognized it early because I'm in a fasting regimen, as I think I've alluded to um, on this podcast. So we did the um, honorable uh, meal yesterday. And it's not high on my husband's list of menu items or meal planning, but um, I think I did us proud yesterday. I did a corned beef, cabbage, um, candied carrots, and I'll tell you all about this, candied carrots. And then I know they're probably called something, but they're a smashed um, potato. It was a small Yukon gold actually that I roasted in the oven, but let me just sort of back up and tell you what I did because I'm kind of, my, I'm kind of licking my chops for it today. And knowing that I was going to be fasting, I did want to try and hold up the 
annual um, ritual of having this meal. Um, in the past, I have cooked it all in one pot, either in the oven or on the stovetop. And I know that I've read many recipes and there's probably a lot of you out there that are listening that are into the Instapod and all of that. And it's not that I'm not, it's just that I'm kind of more, um, earthy, hands-on, taste along the way, cook. So having access to it on the stovetop is just way better for me. But then how do you get it kind of crunchy and crispy? Because I do kind of like that too. Um, well, I did my research and I found some guidance on the subject. And then I did my own twist. Just let me tell you this. It's not that I don't take someone's word for it, but I use a recipe as a guide. If I use a recipe, it says it's a guide. And then I uh, understanding food and flavors and seasoning and um, processes like I do, because I do, I do. I could maybe give myself a run on MasterChef, just saying. Um, but I uh, to always tweak a recipe. I always modify a little bit given the inspiration, but I appreciate recipes for their guidance. So we did a um, um, corned beef and because it was just a few of us, I included my mom and sent her, took some over to her, but um, she's not real crazy about the meal either. So basically it was, I was cooking for myself and then some other people tagged along to nibble. But instead of getting the flat cut, which I do think is often preferred by chefs and cooks and things like that, but the, um, I don't know what the one with the little point is called that I had yesterday. Um, it has more fat marbled in it. So it actually ends up making it a better corned beef. But, um, I put that on stovetop in my Le Creuset <laughs> that I got as a gift years ago. And it looks like I had got it as a gift years ago. Um, but it's, I love it. It's the enameled, um, oh, what do you call them? Um, hmm. I can't think. It's the bigger pot that sits on top of the stove. Duh. Anyway, so I browned it in that a little bit just to kind of get it going. And then I um, included, um, they give you that little pack, that little seasoning pack. And in it is mustard seed. So I added extra mustard seed. But I, I brought the water up about halfway, not much more than that. I know a lot of times they'll give you guidance to go ahead and cover all the way, but I really wanted the crispy crunchiness on the top. And how to achieve that was to not let the water go all the way to the top. So in a crock pot, you can kind of trust that, but on the stovetop, you have to watch it. So um, I also put a bay leaf in and um, in a lot of my different readings, it mentioned putting um, a couple tablespoons of apple cider vinegar in the water, which kind of made a lot of sense to me as even just a tenderizer. So I did do that. And it has plenty of salt all on its own. Sometimes people say, go ahead and rinse the corned beef off so that you're getting rid of some of the salt. But because this was going to be kind of a... Um, 
would you call it a braising maybe? I don't know. It wasn't a boil for sure, um, but it was on um, on the stovetop. So all of that, all of that to say is I uh, watched it and it simmered away all day and not all day, about three hours, three and a half. Okay, maybe pushing four, but I think it was more like three and a half. And in the meantime, um, I know that I could have easily put the cabbage and the carrots and an onion inside it as it got to a certain process in its um, in its cooking, but I wanted to do a little something different. So I took um, a head of cabbage and I cut it into cabbage steaks. And then I melted because I didn't have bacon and I didn't really want to add to our list of groceries just for that because I do think that cabbage and bacon go super well together. Um, but I took a little bit of um, bacon fat. I'm just like my grandma. She always kept the drippings from the bacon fat and she kept it out on the cabinet, which to me, that could go rancid. But you know, I never questioned my grandma. But I put it in a little jar in the refrigerator and gets hard as a rock. There you go. Homage to grandma. I took a little bit of the bacon, (laughs) bacon fat out and I, um, microwaved it. Modern age. Mm -hmm. And then I brushed the steaks with the bacon fat and I salted, peppered, garlic powdered, onion powdered, and a little bit of chili flakes on them. And I roasted them in the oven. And then um, I peeled some carrots and cut them in large lengths, but on the diagonal. So about about half of a carrot, split it in half. And I um, put some avocado oil on those. Bacon fat to avocado oil. We don't discriminate in the oils here, friends. Um, I dig avocado oil though. I was, I've always been, uh, since it kind of hit the scene in my world, an olive oil fan, but I've sort of switched to the avocado, avocado oil as of late. Um, it doesn't bear the flavor so much. I don't know why I got off the subject, but since we're talking oils, but I really do like avocado oil. So I tossed it in that I salted and I peppered and I let them get tender. And then I went back with a little bit of B-U-T-G-E-R. Butter, a little bit of butter. It was a little bit too. And a little bit of brown sugar. And um, since they were salted and peppered, as well. I didn't need to add anything to that. Do you know that salt kind of, I'm sure you probably do know this, but I love the fact that salt accents and sets off the sweet. So the salt helped that. The carrots were sweet. They were so yummy. And I probably really didn't need to do this. I just went the extra mile. It was a celebration, celebratory, but I brushed them with that brown sugar and butter mixture. And um, I did put a little garlic powder in that. There, it's There's a rare moment around here when garlic powder doesn't go into something and um, or garlic itself and brush those and let those finish off that way. But I had previously um, baked um, 
the little, the smallest versions of the Yukon Golds in the oven until they were tender or smashable. And then I let them cool while I was doing things. So I kind of tried to think smart in that circulatory kind of way where while I was having to address one thing, one thing was was moving along in its road to being completed. Um, but then I took um, a clove of garlic and a some herbs, a little teensy pinch of thyme, not much. And um, I think there was some basil. Again, I did mention um, garlic, but this time it was not garlic powder, it was garlic. Anyway, I uh, had a mixture of the um, oh, avocado oil and a little bit of butter. And I know, um, the, you know, butter doesn't hold up to the heat and can smoke and turn brown really quickly. But if you mix it with another one of those oils, it will hang in there and you still get that yummy flavor of the butter. And so then I smashed each one of these little potatoes. And I want to say they started out to be about the size of a silver dollar. Mm, yeah, maybe not quite, but somewhere around there. And I just took the back of a wooden spoon and I smashed each one where it was still kind of held together nice, but split around the um, perimeter and heated up that oil with the garlic in it and some of the herbs. And I laid these potatoes down in it and I let them get super crunchy on the bottom side, then flipped them over and got, got super crunchy on the other side by the time that it happened. My hunk of meat was so tender. So I took it out of its juices and I put it in on a uh, baking sheet and I put it under the broiler for about two minutes. And all of those seasonings that were packed on top and the, some of the little fatty pieces and what have you got so crispy and delicious. And it was kind of like an orchestrated um, food symphony because by the time that was done the potatoes were done the carrots were done the cabbage was done and the meal was yummo it was super good had some horseradish my husband likes things spicy so he kind of changed his mind about the corned beef after yesterday had some hot mustard and some horseradish and he was digging it I'll tell you what those um those cabbage steaks are like they are the bomb truly though we do eat meat and I said I do um love um cured meats <laughs> I'm just a big walking cured meat myself but I could become vegetarian because I am very satisfied by um, vegetables that you kind of treat in different ways and don't overcook and have you, what have you. Those cabbage steaks were awesome. I cut the little um, heart out, um, except I left just a teensy bit so that the, all the leaves still stayed together while they were in there. But when you when I picked them up with the tong after they were cooked, um, they held together, but then the ribbons became kind of like a wide pasta. And somewhere um, I had read once that you can just kind of stick your fork in and twirl like a pasta. And that's what we did. This meal was absolutely lovely. And though I said I just have a smidge of the Irish in me, um, I feel that I did them proud. 
I don't know what you do, but I suggest if you don't have a plan, you do what I did and enjoy yourself. It was just a super yummy meal. Um, I, uh, I think about ways of acknowledging cultures and I guess I'm, I don't know, I'm just super into that. I love the diversity. I'm very interested. I, even my uncle, um, this afternoon texted me about a restaurant here locally in the Valley. It's a German restaurant. I'm all, dang, I forgot about that. Haas Murphy's, um, or house, 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 house. I don't know what it, how's that. Murphy's in Glendale, Arizona, but I got to go back. It was, it's a great German restaurant, but, um, here's to the Irish. And I, uh, am going to make sure just for the sake of being invisible to the leprechauns that I pull out something to wear on Wednesday that has green in it a little bit early. Happy St. Patrick's Day.